0: listening to movie cinema film with leah jordan and guess who's back
1: brendan with the all-white Band. thank you they're, they're bands, but they're black damn brendaniel <laughs> sorry jordaniel
0: this is gonna be our review of roma
1: wait should our, should our alternate ego actually be dan should we just be dan Are because we guys- we are Dan <laughs> cuz we both have Dan's in our name. Yes. Instead of Brendan O'Jordan, just Dan O'Dannon, Dan O'Dannon. Yes. For
0: those of you who don't know, Brendan and Jordan are just kind of morphing into the same being. So, if they go off on a tangent, this is a to be expected.
1: Have you ever seen us in the same room? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think so. <laughs> I think right now. <laughs> <laughs> or are you? Or are you? <laughs> Yeah,
2: Roma.
0: Alright, so, if you're new to this podcast, what we do every episode is we review a new film that's currently in theaters. And we also recommend a movie to you from the past that has similar themes or is related to it in some way. So, this episode, we are going to do... We're going to recommend movies to you that feature non-professional or first-time... I don't really like to say non-professional, first-time actors so
1: because they better have gotten paid or we're gonna get the union
0: well i'm sure a lot of them (laughs) uh, i know i don't think that kevin smith paid actors for clerks i don't think he could afford to do that i mean a lot of i mean you know we work for free all the time but anyway all right we have three awesome movies here how about this time? Jordan, you go first. What?
1: Well, yeah. I go first. Like, Brendan where, went first. Brendan, who's went first the most episodes? Jordan went first a lot.
0: Well, that's because yeah. you just eye me and I verbally say something. Because
1: we're usually the only two yeah. people in the room. Who else do we eye? <laughs> <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> to. You're eyeing me as well.
0: <laughs> but you have to say it out loud. That's why, because I always ask you out loud and you just kind of look at me and I'm like, they can't see it.
1: Sorry, I thought you could read my
0: eyes. I can, but <laughs> I, I, feel like I keep saying this, and you're not getting me, like what, I'm, what I mean. Viewers, they... look into my eyes. <laughs> They're not viewers. <laughs> 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 They're
2: They're not viewers.
0: They are listeners.
1: <laughs>
2: listeners. They can't. So Leah, what movie did you want? Did you
1: want to talk about? Okay, I'll
0: start. So. And
1: Leah stole my movie anyway, so she could go first.
0: I did not steal your movie. I thought of mine first and wrote it down on my little notebook. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Sometimes not. That was easy. <laughs> <has>
1: it's disadvantageous.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jordan took a bathroom break, so he's now been punished for that. True. Anyway, the bathroom,
2: <laughs> All right, but you don't get the Sean Baker film of the week.
0: <gasps>
1: Spoilers. Sean <laughs> Baker.
0: You <laughs> revealed my movie. Well, you didn't reveal a movie, but you revealed the director. <laughs> right. Take a shot. So basically, yeah, take a shot. We, we talk about Sean Baker a lot on this podcast. I'm a very big fan of his.
1: Even if you're driving, take a shot. <laughs> JK, if you're driving, do not drink and drive. We are
0: not liable for any kind of accidents that occur while listening saying, to this podcast.
1: The movie cinema film drinking game is the movie cinema film drinking game. That's true. You have to follow the rules and get the F out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think the film Tangerine... Directed by Sean Baker, and this has a lot of non professional actors. Well, I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry, Sean. It's first time actors, uh, most notably Maya Taylor and Kiki Rodriguez, who play the two leading ladies in the film. So, mazing. this hmm?
1: they're mazing, yes, they are.
0: They actually are fantastic in the movie, and I love his entire brand of like naturalism and, and authenticity on film so much and I know that he doesn't just like go in and make a movie he doesn't just like write a script and say okay here's what it is and here's what you're going to say
1: well he did shoot it on iPhones
0: but what does that do with the script <laughs>
1: <laughs> stick to the script Jordan well he was kind of like oh we're just going to shoot it <laughs> I'm just going to go grab my phone
0: <laughs> well actually th- that's the interesting that's the thing I love about him is that he doesn't just go in and do anything like he, he went he, he wasn't really sure what the story was going to be. It's just him and Chris Bergach, like, they knew they wanted to do some kind of story about this community uh, in L.A. of these, you know, trans people and, you know, the, like, the whole area around donut time and everything. And, like, they, they would, like, drive by there and, like, see, like, it was interesting. And they're like, there's a story here somewhere. So they literally just, like, got in the streets and would just, like, ask people questions and just interview people. And he met Maya Taylor at the local lgbtq center there and she was like one of the only people that was like really open about everything that was going on in her life and like the struggles they have out there and different things that go on and whereas a lot of people were like you know because he's not spielberg he's you know a lesser known filmmaker so a lot of people were like who are you like i'm not gonna tell you about anything and Mm. but she was really open and so he ended up building the story around her and 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 what kiki actually told them so that so much of the story like came from them too. And he, he did the same thing with the Florida project in that area. So I love that. And the film, it's my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> that and the Santa Claus. Um. <laughs> Santa
1: Claus. <laughs> yeah. Shit, I forgot to watch it this Christmas. <laughs> did you watch Jingle all the way? No. Fuck, <sighs> Jordan. I'm too busy! Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah. I would love to talk about Jingle all the way, but I'm just, I'm too busy. <laughs> I'm way... <laughs> no, you can go. Go off. <laughs> I'm way too busy. Uh, so.
1: But we're talking on a movie podcast. <laughs> the budget of this
0: was 100K. And Jordan's right, it was shot on an iPhone 5 with the app Filmic that Pro. that was
1: like 80K alone.
0: Right, that <laughs> <laughs> So, this movie is so frenetic. I love the colors. Like, it's called Tangerine. Like, the color palette is very Tangerine. And the movie opens with um, Kiki and Maya talking to each other. And one of them was just in prison for 30 days because they're prostitutes. And they – and and so, while Kiki's boyfriend – while she was in prison, her boyfriend cheated on her. And and Maya's kind of like – uh bitch, like everyone knows about that. Like, how do you not know about that? You know, and like, it, it's kind of sad because, like, you see her innocence, where it's like, even though she's like a sex worker and she's been into prison, she's still kind of like, wait, like he cheated on me, like for real. Like, it's it's like really sad and and touching and and so then then it's kind of like this. Not road movie, because they stay in the general area more it's a more
3: flick.
0: yeah, it's like more of a walking movie where they just like walk around the area and try to find this bitch that is the- <laughs> <laughs> I think her name's like Debbie or something, like some white girl name like that <laughs> and, like, and like or or like Desiree or something like that, and they, or Danielle, like they go after her, and at the same time, Maya's character is like a singer, and she sings in this nightclub. Uh, and she's like, (coughs) bless you. She's, like, passing out all these flyers to... Like, she's trying to get people to come to her show. Bless you, Jordan.
3: Bless you, Jordan.
0: Thanks. And then there's this other story about this cab driver going on uh, who... I can't remember his name right now, but he's in every single Sean Baker movie, I think, except the first one. But he he has a whole story arc too where he's he's one of these men that enjoys picking up maya and kiki and having some fun with them in his car and like you get to see like his daily thing of like all the different like random people that he picks up and like as as kiki and maya are running around town and going through all their trials and tribulations like he's picking up his people and and then he goes home to his wife and like that situation there and so it's just a really
2: cozy in the florida project
0: he plays the manager, like the the manager <laughs> above Bobby, so above Willem Dafoe's character. Uh, okay. He's in it for just a couple seconds when the the truck pulls up from the church that donates the food, and he's like, "Hey, can you can you put this? Like, you have to send this truck to the back because like this looks like all these poor people live here." And it's like, "Yeah, because that is what this right. is." Right?
3: <laughs> Correct.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I just I love the film. I highly recommend it. Very Last time, I,
1: underrated soundtrack.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, everything about it is like just am- I- amazing. I I love this film, and I highly recommend it. All of Sean's films I recommend, but this one and the Flo- I mean, the Florida Project is on the next level of of the universe. But this film is also great, and I highly, highly, highly recommend it.
1: Cool. I've never seen it. I'm like, I'm sold. Really? Uh, yeah. No. Last I yeah, checked,
0: it's, it's still on Netflix. Cool. It's a
1: truly wonderful film. Your first watch? Yeah. Like, like just and the, your second watch,
0: probably. Even just, better. Just yeah. The
2: statements of it's a revenge movie, but it's also a walking movie where they're trying to find this bitch named Debbie. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Cool. All right. Sign me up.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like, okay. So the part of this movie that's iconic is all the scenes in Donut Time. So okay. Donut Time is this like restaurant. <laughs> uh, I do that in quotes <laughs> on the corner that like they just sell donuts and coffee, and it's like we're all the it's like one of the places where they kind of just, like, turn a blind eye that, like, all the sex workers, like, meet you know guys or meet up with their pimp or whatever and so Kiki's boyfriend's also her pimp so like mm. when he finally shows up in the movie and like they're all in donut time and they're all like yelling at each other and like they're they're all like going through the whole situation of everything that happened and just like the way they talk to each other is so authentic like it, it really sounds like if you ever overheard this kind of like talk on the street or something it really sounds like that because he like I said he didn't just write a script and say like here's what you need to say he was like oh like what would you say in this situation or if he did write a line he you know and then Kiki or Maya were like oh hey like I wouldn't really say like, I would say it like this. He'd be like, okay, okay, just like, say it like that. So mm. it's really authentic, and it's just like it's this eye into this whole other world that, you know, I, that's what movies, like, the best thing about movies is, like, you have this eye into this world you'll never be mm. a part of. Yeah. So, yeah, Donut Time is iconic, and <laughs> and, and uh, on to the next film. Who would like to go next?
1: I guess it will be me. That's yeah. Right. I we want to let our guest go first. No, I'm
2: making <laughs> eye contact with you. I'm giving you the eyes, Jordan. You're up.
1: All right. My film is... A film that came out about one, three years ago, two years ago? Two years ago. Um, Directed by Matt Ruskin, and it is called Crown Heights. And this film is the story of uh Colin Warner, who is a wrongly convicted man in Crown Heights, like, of... Jamaican background um, that lives in Crown Heights, and it is a film produced by uh, Namdi Asimwa, mm-hmm. who, if you are a football fan out there, is in was an All Pro cornerback for the Oakland Raiders mm-hmm. for a very long time, and he also acted in the film as. Colin Warner's brother, and Colin Warner was played by a little-known actor in 2017 by the name of Lakeith Stanfield. Woo! Whoa, whoa. (laughs) He's
2: awesome. He is.
1: Yeah, and it's just, like, a very good character drama. Like, it's not, like, incredibly original in any way, I guess. It's just a very well-made movie and a good piece that's kind of... Put together in an interesting way and shows the struggle of kind of the same thing as if Beale Street could talk in a lot of ways uh if you're listening if you're binging our episodes you're gonna get a lot of wrongly imprisoned <laughs> black men uh movies I guess mm-hmm. uh in a row but it's a huge issue that uh it's good that there's films being made about it um because racism is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
2: uh, I watched Blind Spotting yesterday for the first time, and that was very much in the same vein. So like, and I'm realizing like a, like a lot of movies this year, like more than in years past. And we kind of talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but like they're like they're like really starting to like actually like put these movies at the forefront that are about like the ma- like the black experience, like you know, specifically like the, like the male black experience, and like there's like a lot of movies that were like, took place in Oakland this year because we had uh, Sorry to Bother You also. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So like, uh, dope. It sounds good so is, is this the like Keith Stanfield's first like
1: big thing that he did? Um, I think this is probably his first starring role. I don't know. Like he was in Short Term Twelve, which is just like the movie that oh. anointed all of the best actors yeah. of our time right now. Yeah. <laughs> Rami Malik, Brie Larson. And Rami Malik is in that. <gasps> yeah.
0: Yeah. Whoa. I love Short Term Twelve. Oh,
1: same. Oh, I didn't realize that though. It's awesome. Uh Selma, he was Jimmy Lee Jackson, and then he was Snoop Dogg and straight out of Compton. Right. Oh, he's so good he had in some that. stuff. He was pretty big already by the time he did this film. Okay. Interesting combo of people. But yeah, the cinematography is good. I love Lakeith Stanfield and wanna watch as many films as I can with him. Oh shit, he's twenty-seven. Don't die. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he's like that level of actor where it's just like fuck, don't make it through like make it through August. Once you
2: get through the hub, then, then then you know you're not gonna be in the because no one wants to be in the twenty eight club. For yeah. any
0: of you guys who might be younger, you don't know what Jordan's alluding to. It's the 27 Club, which unfortunately is the age where many iconic people passed away, such as Kurt Cobain, Joni Mitchell, Amy Winehouse. There's more, right? Mac
1: Miller didn't make it. Jim, Jim Morrison. Morrison. He always talked about it in his songs, like, that he doesn't want to join the 27 Club, and then he died when he was 26. Oh my god, that was oh, an overdose. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Although... You know, he did talk a lot of shit about the president. Mm -hmm. Maybe it wasn't an overdose. Maybe Um, it's a conspiracy. I'm just saying. Again,
0: I feel the need to say, if you (laughs) are struggling with drug addiction, please get help. There are resources out there. So get on the phone, get online, just get help.
1: And I don't know... Who is under Mac Miller's estate, but listen to his music because it is phenomenal and very layered, especially in like the last couple of albums. Heard. Yeah.
0: All right, Brendan, what is your film featuring first time actors?
1: Okay, so
2: uh, my film is a film I just saw this past year in one of my classes at Brooklyn College. Uh, So shout out to Christopher Trice, who showed this film. It's called uh, Close Up. It's a Persian film, and it is—it's uh, a—it's like so. It's based on a true story, and it's about this guy. I'm gonna mispronounce his name, but it's uh oh uh, God, hold on, H- Hussain Sabzian. Uh, and basically, uh, he plays—he he, so it's a true story where that man. Uh, was riding on a bus reading a screenplay written by an, a filmmaker by the name of, again, I'm going to mispronounce this, Mohsen Makhelbaf. Um, and he was just reading the screenplay on the bus, and then some woman sat next to him and said, hey, I'm a big fan of that film. Uh, are you the one who made it? And this guy lied and said, yes, I did. And he proceeded to then uh, <laughs> ask to use this family's home to shoot his next film. Meanwhile, this guy is not a filmmaker. He's <laughs> just like, a random, like a regular dude who, like, happen to have the screenplay in his hands and then he like starts like uh he like he hires them to like use their their uh their their house to film this movie that doesn't even exist. <laughs> um, but so what they did for this film is they had all the real life people play themselves the, and do recreations of the entire story where it's like him meeting the family for the first time, uh, asking to for them to they and like they, they go to like some like really crazy extreme lengths where like he asks them to like to paint their walls a certain color and to like move furniture around. And I think they even like give him money at certain points. And then it's about him getting caught and then being uh being prosecuted and going through like the court trial of. Uh, of uh, fraud. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a crazy movie, and it's... uh Whoa. Yeah, it came out in 1990. Uh, and yeah, it's just a very wild movie, and it, uh, the re- part of the reason why we were shown this movie, uh, one, because it was a history of film course, so it we, he wanted to give us some Middle Eastern film of some kind, and this one was particularly uh, groundbreaking because it was starting to, like, it, like, blurred the lines between... You know, it, I mean, it's all real, but it was kind of getting into like the, the, the half documentary kind of filmmaking, uh, which inspired another film that I love a lot called The Imposter, uh, which is also kind of like a half documentary movie. Uh, but th- this movie, uh, people, a lot of people gave the uh, the team who made the film, uh, which is directed by Abbas Kiarostami. A lot of mispronunciations on my end today, probably, but because um, like to be able to get the. Real-life people, because it's, like, everyone, everyone who's involved in the story comes back and recreates their characters of what actually happened. So, it's a pretty crazy film. Pretty crazy story, more than anything.
0: And how would you rate it, like, we don't really do this, but, like, 1 to 10?
2: <clears throat> uh, It's, like, up there. It's, like, probably in the... Wait,
1: why are we changing
2: our rules? Yeah! <laughs> nice try, Leah. If
0: I come in at the last minute and throw you a curveball. Well, I'm a rebel. Well, well, we're
1: well, artists! Yeah. We're artists! We do not quantify our films with numbers. <laughs> it is about emotions and feelings and vibes. But if I was going to give it a number, it'd probably be somewhere in like the 8.3 to 8.7 range. Okay, thank wow. you. Wow, did you just take that off of IMDB directly? Uh no, did I? <laughs> He's not at his phone, so he might have it implanted Lose in it. his brain. <laughs> oh, my I'm God. curious what it actually
2: did get on IMDb. Boys. Yeah, boys are crazy, huh? Am
0: I right, ladies? Oh, wow! <laughs> it it's 8.3 on IMDb. No wow. way! Yeah. Well, there you go. You yeah. nailed it.
3: Cool.
0: Awesome. <laughs> All right. So, again, if you've never listened to this podcast before, we talk about a certain movie, and first, we give kind of like a general thoughts discussion that does not have spoilers so if you haven't seen Roma yet feel free to keep listening and then we will let you know when we are going to get into the spoiler section and that's when you should turn it off so
1: also we're doing the streaming film so it's like it's bonus right so if you haven't seen it yet you can just go ahead and
0: turn it on you don't have to look on Fandango and see what the hell is going on you can just turn it on yourself (coughs) and I think that's awesome so
1: You'll probably just stop the podcast right when we say spoilers and then start watching it for two hours and 12 minutes and then...
0: Mm, then roll back over to your phone, because don't you dare pick up your phone during this movie. Nah. And press play again. But right now we're going to get into non-spoilers, so...
1: I can't be your friend if you picked up your phone during this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Sorry, friends out there, if you don't want to be my friend anymore. Entire oh, generation of friend. friends are just gone.
0: Gone, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Welcome. <laughs> if you can,
1: look at this beautiful film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so that kind of gives a hint of what Jordan thought of the film. So why don't you go first? What, what are your general reactions? Non-spoilery.
1: Took me a long freaking time to watch this film, considering it was put on Netflix in December. I just watched it yesterday. Um... Which added to a roller coaster of a day that I was having. Um, I was glad that I finally got around to it. I kind of watched the Golden Globes and I was just like, "Oh my God, Jordan, you are such a moron! Like, how have you not seen this film? It's so easily available to you. You're it's told okay. that you're gonna love it.
0: No, and it's like, it's all right. Because sorry to interrupt you, but I I I feel like movies come to us when we're supposed to watch them. You know. Amen. So even if you didn't watch it for a year, like I mean, right now, like in in our I hate to say our community, that sounds really, like, pretentious, but, like, in the group of people that, like, really love movies, there's, like, so much pressure to see every single fucking movie, and it's, like, just chill, like, the movie will still exist. We don't have to cram everything, although that's totally what I've been doing. But anyway, sorry, continue.
1: (laughs) No, I like that. That's good. That's going to help with my anxiety.
0: Nice. Yeah,
1: no, thanks, Leah. I'm happy to help. You're welcome,
0: Jordan. (laughs) Friendship. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's a super long film to commit to, and, like... Just going into the film, I kind of knew that it was going to be a certain way, just knowing Quran and just, like... Knowing what I've heard about
0: it. Oh yeah, we didn't do like how did you come to the film. So let's we'll do that. In, well, that's comp- what
1: we're doing right
0: now, right? No, yeah. well, thank you for doing that. But I asked you like general reactions from the film, and I was supposed to ask you <laughs> like <laughs> what my
1: PR to it, right? <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna answer the questions that I want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so you can continue, and then we'll 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 each do like how we got to the film, what we heard ahead of time, and all of that.
1: Cool. Um... Yeah, so it was a very long film, and it was hard for me and my busy schedule to get around to watching it, uh, but I prevailed and eventually watched it, and I'm going to go get the charger for this recorder thing, because I think it's blinking or something. Maybe it's not blinking. Maybe I'm just hallucinating. He,
0: he's hallucinating. What's blinking?
1: Yo, it is low battery. Cool.
0: Oh, oh, it's, okay. Brendan. Yes. How did you come to the film, Roma? Uh,
2: so I also took a very long time to watch it. I also did not watch it until yesterday. Uh, I found out about... I remember hearing about it... I don't know what festival it was, but it, it came out in one of like the big festivals and everyone was talking about it. And... Uh, I I was like kind of the same way as Beale Street. I was sold just on the filmmaker alone because after I saw Children of Men, I'm like, yo, give me anything, and I will like this Mm -hmm. man makes, and I will watch it. Yeah, and when
0: we were talking before, we forgot to talk mention Gravity. You saw Gravity, right? I
2: did not see Gravity. Oh, you did. Oh, so you were you were being real.
0: I forgot (laughs) that. Yes, I also love Gravity. Yeah, you should watch that.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes if I don't see a, a space movie. Uh, in theaters I have a hard time convincing myself to watch it because I'm like well the best way enough to have watched it would have been on a big screen Like, I still haven't seen Interstellar for that same reason so. I fell
1: asleep during Interstellar I do
0: I like Gravity a lot more than Interstellar I have to say to be honest but
1: well you love Sandy I,
0: that's true I do I. you know I love all of those like 90s queens like Uh, like, Sandra Bullock, Julia Roberts, Meg Ryan, like, Drew Barrymore, like, all those actresses Mm. that were really big in the 90s, I have this allegiance to, where I just watch everything they do, no matter what it is, it's like this weird thing, but, anyway, (laughs) Uh, more on my issues later, so, Brandon, I don't
1: think those are issues,
2: no, that's a a tangent, I can definitely get behind, because I also think that there's a lot of, there are good movies in the 90s, but there are some, like, not great movies that were made better by good performances in the 90s. And, they, like, a lot of the people you named were in a bunch of not good movies. and
0: 100%. Yeah, they use
2: their charm and their ability to, like, make bad True. dialogue sound good to make it work those uh, are the best actors of all time word, yeah. <laughs> I agree. um but yeah so i uh and I, you know i'd heard uh once like the award seasons are coming around i heard that roma was coming out and i said okay i i i, I was trying very hard to try to see it in theaters because everyone i know was like you have to see it in theaters you gotta see it on the big screen and then it just didn't happen yet so uh but it's okay because my experience watching it at home on netflix on a Somewhat large TV screen was still enjoyable.
0: Yeah, well, if you have a somewhat large TV screen, then just go ahead and watch Gravity.
1: Okay.
0: I really enjoyed it. Did you like Gravity, Jordan? I did
1: not see Gravity.
0: Well, have a boys' movie night. Yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jordan, you want to have a boys' movie night watch Gravity? I'm not traditionally into space. I watched Interstellar and fell asleep during it, and then I was like, no more.
0: Well, in my opinion... (laughs) <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron is is,
1: no, but, is a yeah. much better
0: filmmaker than Christopher Nolan.
1: Whoa! Much better. Yeah. I feel like they're very different filmmakers, but on similar levels with, like, classic films.
2: Yeah, I... There's, so, I probably have the same number of films of both of them that I like, but I think Cuaron is, like, on the rise. And I think Nolan might be, like...
0: Going down? Yeah.
1: Oh, I felt like Dunkirk was... Good. No, I feel like you can't say that was a bad film. Like it's a different film than Roma and a totally different message. Yeah.
0: Dunkirk is probably my favorite Nolan film since Memento.
1: Wow. Oh,
2: you don't like the prestige? You don't like the Dark Knight? I know
0: you don't. No, I, I I love Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight, and when I first saw that movie, I loved the action. Obviously the action is great. You can't really deny the technical elements of any Christopher Nolan film. You you just simply can't. But uh, I think I watched The Dark Knight recently, and it just was one of those things where it came on HBO, and I was like, oh, "Okay, like I love Heath Ledger in this. Let me just give it another watch." And I was so angry at like everything in the film that wasn't him. I thought, "Wow, I, I hated so much of it." I was like, "This is so fucking stupid. I, I hate. I think Christian Bale's voice like ruins it too. I it is pretty his bad. Voice. I, I hate agree. it. Whoa,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, I'm but, Christian
1: I, but, Bale, the greatest <laughs> actor of our generation."
0: I also don't think that he's the greatest actor of our generation. Yeah. I mean, he's absolutely fantastic. Don't get me wrong; can't argue. Yeah, no. I, that's another thing I don't think you can argue with. I think if you don't think he's a good actor, that's.
1: Wait, did you not like
0: Inception? No, I liked Inception. I liked it. But that's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh my goodness. Yeah, um, I know. I've already talked about the prestige and your feelings on that. People
0: always argue with me about people are always like, You're fucking high, and I'm like, well, that's fine because I
1: No, we're <laughs> high because we like Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <Roller>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't like I have I saw Inception in the movies, I haven't watched it again, I have no real desire to see it again. Do
2: you see Insomnia?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. Say. Robin Williams, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. no, that's good. That, yeah. that I actually I like that a lot more than the Prestige Inception. I thought Interstellar was too long, but I thought it had absolutely beautiful moments that made it very, very worth it. Mm-hmm. But I just there's so much of it, and I don't love all of it.
2: it. Is it kind of like a side thing? But I was listening to the uh, I think it was Variety does these like actor on actor interviews where like nominated actors interview each other, and it was Emma yeah. Stone and Timothy Chalamet.
1: I was just telling him R- about this. Oh, right? Really? Did saw... you share it with me? No. I'm going to listen to that on my commute tomorrow.
2: Oh, it, it's a good interview. But there's a part where Timothy Chalamet is talking about how he was humbled because he went to one of the premieres of Interstellar thinking like, I'm going to be this big part. And he's like, Oh, yeah. You are know, telling me the same I literally story. told
0: him this exact thing. <laughs> Did you say it
1: on the podcast?
0: <laughs> no, I said it. You were there, but I think you were talking to someone else. I said it when we were at Olay the other night.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: That's so, it's I so literally, funny. To- oh yeah, I remember, Great I was lines. just talking to you, like, you were in the bathroom or something, but yeah, yeah, that's so that. funny, anyway, you can tell that story, because it's actually a funny story. Yeah,
2: because <laughs> there, there's, uh, I, I forgot how they got on the topic of it, but, uh, Timothy Chalamet was just, oh, I think Emma Stone was asking him about, uh, like, if he, like, knew his career was gonna take off after Interstellar, because it was a Christopher Nolan movie, and it was a big deal, and he said, he said that, uh, he... Like that humbled him and it kind of like made him rethink like some of the movies he was going to go out for uh, or like the importance he put on certain kinds of movies because he was in this big Christopher Nolan blockbuster and he thought like filming it he felt like it was a big thing and he was in a lot of the movie and then when he went and saw it he's like not really in it I guess. And he even talked about how he's like like, McConaughey is like has like one of the best moments in the film where he's just emoting and like they made the right decision putting him on. But he's like but I'm the one talking and they're like not even showing like me or any of the things that I'm doing and then it made <laughs> Timothy Chalamet like uh kind of like reevaluate where he was going and then it led him to doing other uh great independent features such as uh Miss Stevens he
1: and he realized that he he, had, he realized that he had to emote on camera as somebody's talking to him and right, right. get the acclaim and be on camera. <laughs> yes,
2: you're so you're so true that so him by the fireplace and calling by your name is uh is the McConaughey version in that movie. Okay.
0: Jordan, please don't let One space movie ruin all space movies for you because there are some fucking amazing space movies. Like, have you seen 2001?
1: Yeah, Yeah, 2001 is great. Yeah, like. Okay. So I do like space movies. It's just like. (laughs) Things are changing fast, folks. (laughs) It was just Interstellar made me be like, oh, fuck all space movies. (laughs) Don't, don't. I I never fall asleep during movies and I fell asleep during it and I was like, what the fuck? How is it so boring that I just couldn't fall asleep during it? I love movies.
0: Wait. You love movies? Wait, you
1: enjoy film?
0: That's weird. I only listen to music and watch TV and read books.
1: Guys, I have a confession. What? I'm movie sexual.
0: Ooh, that sounds hot. (laughs) (laughs) I can only have sex if a
1: movie's (laughs) on.
0: Oh my god, that would be funny if that's a thing.
1: It's definitely a thing. It definitely is a thing. (laughs) That would be a funny plot to, like, a movie (laughs) or a sketch or something. (laughs) Oh, God. Wow, anyway. you guys are in writer's room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bad writer's room. So Starring were, Jordan Freed.
0: You were in the middle of talking, Brendan.
2: I was. What was I talking about? Your, oh, how oh. you came
0: to Roma and, like, your general, like, how you came to Roma, yeah. Were you done, or? Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because we, talk, we cause I was saying how, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll see anything that Cuaron directs, and then you're like, have you seen Gravity? And I'm like, no, I did not see Gravity. <laughs> um, but that being said, I was still, like, very, like, enticed, uh, to see what, and I heard it was, like, a very personal story, and, uh, and I heard it was shot in black and white, and, like, all I just kept hearing were, like, the visuals, you gotta see the visuals, the visuals, so.
0: Mm-hmm who are you impersonating there the visuals that was, that was
2: that was uh who was that 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 was someone who was very nice who doesn't talk like that actually it's was, it was a friend of mine who i met on a film shoot who was like she's like she's like listen i don't want to be like that douchey film person but like the visuals the are visuals, great yeah. you really got to see this in the theaters and she, and she's like encouraged me to see it, and that, like now i here i am recreating her in a very mean male-ish voice <laughs> Yes, yeah, I
0: thought you were impersonating, like, some bro who's, like, yo, the intertextuality in that, man.
2: Yo. No, that, that that's not like, a friend of mine, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do have a friend who is like that.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I... just went over... Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. It's just my turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, what were you gonna say?
1: I guess I could talk about it later. What? I was just going to Cuaron's Wikipedia page to look at the films that he's done and it just has columns. That's just director, writer, producer, editor. Yeah. I did not realize he edits his films.
0: He's a master.
1: Oh, oh, oh wow, yeah. He edited Gravity, Children of Men, and Roma.
0: He's actually he actually shot uh, Roma as well. Which usually awesome. he uses Lubeski, but um, oh yeah, yeah, he shot himself. So he's a wow. camera operator.
1: Yeah, those shots were beautiful. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's okay. So, Leah, what brought you to the film?
0: (laughs) Uh, What brought me to the film was all the buzz around it and the fact that, you know, it is this prestige film premiering on Netflix, and I feel like people still don't really take a lot of Netflix original films seriously. I mean, this wasn't, like, produced by Netflix. It, It was, like, Netflix bought it, like, uh, so it's not kind of it's not the same thing. as like some of these other like 100% Netflix features, but I think Quran like took a big step here, as did Scorsese with The Irishman, which is going to be distributed on Netflix, which is like mind blowing to me. It's amazing. I'll still shine,
2: suffer, New
1: York. <laughs> yes,
0: I'll still 100% see it in the theater because Marty's my favorite director, and like I just need to see all of his movies on the big screen that I possibly can. But I think this is a really awesome step toward more people getting to see films like this, you know? Because there's a lot of people that are not even into movies that have Netflix, and, like, they just turn their thing on to watch Friends or The Office for the millionth time, and they might be like, oh, that looks interesting. Like, let me turn that on. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So I hope this film is being seen by a lot more people than it normally would have been. And I, like I said, I I enjoyed his other films, and I, that's basically all I knew about Like, I didn't even know the plot, really. Like, I barely knew anything, but I was just like, I'm in.
2: Yeah, see, actually, I think this is one that I didn't want to know, and I'm glad that I didn't know a lot about it before I watched it. That's
0: generally, like, my... Like, when I... When people... There'll be a lot of times where I'll be like, hey, want to go to the movies and see whatever and they're like oh what is it about and i'm like oh it's about this guy um who runs into his mom and something happens like i i like what movie is that that you're describing i don't know i don't know (laughs) i just made that up but but there's like once i have like certain once i hear like a few different things about a movie i like stop all consumption of anything about it before i watch it because as i got older i realized that like there would be some older films that I would watch just because I was like, oh, like, like for instance, with, with Scorsese, like, when I started, like, seeing all of his films, I was like, I didn't know anything about a lot of them, just that they were, like, iconic, and so I just, like, turned them on. And then, you know, and not just with his films, but with so many films, I would just go and, like, watch these older films, and then I would be, like, on, watching the DVD features or, like, looking it up online, and i watch the trailer, and I'd be like, they gave that away in the trailer? Like, I was oh, shocked okay. when that happened! Oh my god! Or, like, they said that detail? Like, that was so interesting, and, like, I... I don't know, I just, I really prefer going in blind, and that's how it was with this one. Like, I, d- I didn't see a trailer. I, I, I knew, like, the gist of, like, oh, it's black and white, and there's, like, wide shots, but I didn't know the, like, I didn't know how excessively wide every shot <laughs> was yes. going to be. oh my god, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we can, we should get into the non-spoiler discussion of Roma. So, if cool. you haven't seen it, keep listening, and then we will get into the section where we will talk about spoilers, but that won't be till a little bit later. So... Jordan.
1: Alright, I'm gonna echo what I said in the last episode, and I'm gonna also say I wouldn't be surprised if this wins Best Picture, Yeah, because I feel like the two films that won at the Golden Globes were very polarizing, and this was the only film that wasn't in that category because it wasn't allowed to be in that category, Mm. so I think it could be interesting to see it, and especially considering literally everybody could watch this film, and... I loved this film, and just thought it was a beautiful work of cinema, and just a very complete story, and there were just a lot of, like, very memorable scenes, which I feel like is key for a Best Picture film, is, like, you have to have the scenes that people, like, can show in a montage and be like, wow, that was amazing, and there were just a lot of good scenes between actors and good scenes where the actors didn't really do anything or the actors weren't even on camera because mm-hmm. they just decided to leave the camera in the same place as somebody would go into a building. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
0: I'm, I think the best picture is either going to be Roma, A Star is Born, Black Klansman, or Green Book. I'm gonna say right now, it's one of those four. Yes, Whoa, Black I, I don't
2: know if I only know Black Klansman so much, but the other ones I definitely agree with for sure.
0: Well, people, it might not go to Black Klansman because people are predicting that that's he's gonna win Best Director for that, which I think is... Spike uh, Lee. Yeah, I uh, think that's interesting. But no, he-
3: <sighs> sorry, I,
2: I, have, I have strong feelings about Black Klansman. I was just like very disappointed when I saw it, and I just like don't think it's like you didn't
1: like it without knowing any of the history or anything. Yeah, no, even like, like
2: wow. when, yeah, because I watched it and uh specifically i i think the, the directing is fine i think it's a good movie but i thought like the tone was like very inconsistent throughout it and i was just like constantly taking it, getting taken out of it because i was just watching it, and i'm like okay like i don't know i but like speaking about directors specifically i think there's like probably 20 directors who directed better movies than spike lee did this year uh
0: there you have it folks yeah lynn
2: ramsey being one of them who no one is talking well everyone's talking about it i now, have to watch but, that because yeah. it's
1: on streaming
0: Yeah, that's another (coughs) movie that has done pretty well with the guilds and the, uh, critic circles, but it's just really not getting that Oscar but well it's getting buzz in the sense that it's won those awards but it's not getting any like it didn't get golden globe nominations you know and and it's
1: pretty fucked that it's not getting nominated uh, considering there's literally no female directors getting nominated yeah it sucks it sucks it
0: it really like sends this message that they're like well men are good at directing and women are not (laughs) you
2: know uh yes agreed sucks uh (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> sorry i, I don't
2: agree that, that that men are direct, directors and women suck i i agree that like they are being overlooked yeah. um by the way um but speaking of directors <laughs> up on the
1: Crawl and directs the shit out of this movie
0: <laughs> hell yeah
1: yeah i totally agree i think it was well deserved that he won the golden globe for direction mm-hmm. uh which was also cool that they gave it to a foreign film
0: Yeah, I really hope this breaks out of the foreign category, the Oscars, and is nominated for many. Yeah, there's just like so many weird things going on. on. You know what else? Like I hope it gets nominated for technical awards, especially sound. Oh yes.
2: Oh my god. (laughs) But like
0: so one thing that's really weird is that people are predicting that first man will not make it into Best Picture, but First Man is gonna be nominated for literally like every technical award except makeup and costumes.
1: I wonder if Claire Foy gets one too
0: maybe and it'll it'll be <laughs> no it's no it's possible she got the bafta nomination oh. but it's like if if that happens it'll be like the first time in years that a a film is nominated for that many technical awards and doesn't get a best picture nomination so like this this year is just like yeah. really confusing it's kind of cool cuz it like keeps you on your toes and it's not just like oh like frances mcdormand's winning every single award the whole season and even though she rocks like okay whatever
2: um <laughs> i very also have very like uh I'm like I was very also very mad about that about uh. Prince McDormand winning all those awards for like I thought there was like again like a, a bunch of other actresses who were way better than her yeah like
0: she deserved it for other movies but <laughs> oh yeah
2: like she she deserves everything for Fargo because she's so good at Fargo yeah
0: but
2: yeah anyway um, yeah so I one thing I will say about this movie uh, is I like. Like, I, I think I can only say this now because I, I ended up enjoying it so much. I was, like, 25 minutes into this, into this movie and, like, enjoying the way it looked, but I was a little bored, I'm not going to lie. I was, like, a little, yeah. like, okay, like, are we just going to, like... Which is, like, it's, it's fine if it's a movie where we're just experiencing the lives of these people, but I was, like, okay, like, wh- like when's something else going to happen? And then uh, once something does happen, I'm, I was, like, hooked, dragged... Not dragged, I, I was hooked and, like, pulled... Like, with, like, no complaints for the rest of the movie after that. I
1: felt like that was almost one of the messages of the film, is like, oh, you think, like, this Mexican, like, housemaid is lives a boring life well we're gonna show you she does not (laughs) yeah Yeah. like you think she's just like in the background of these scenes and just kind of moving around and doesn't really matter yeah oh that's how we're gonna introduce her for the first 20 minutes and then bam (laughs) all of a sudden her life is set into
2: motion yeah that that was one of my favorite parts of the movie is that like is the choice of protagonist was such a unique choice because it is it's a character who like there have been so many movies where a movie is made and the like the the Hispanic maid in the background is someone who you see for like a line maybe mm-hmm. no lines and then you just like never hear what happens yeah. and again and, and I feel that same way where it's like we're seeing we're literally seeing a story that is like, bottle rocket has... good
1: or bad with that I can't even remember
0: well you know what Hispanic <laughs> probably not, <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> what what Hispanic and any any nationality of maid is always used for as a device in movies is. To tell you whether or not the character that's the main character is nice or a not nice person is a good person or a bad person. Ooh. So if the character is nice to the maid, they're a good person. You're supposed to root for them. If they're rude to the maid, you're they're a bad person. It's the same thing with waiters. They're like they're always just used as a device, which that's not as oh, like much so of that's <laughs> not like as much of a racist thing as like maids, because they are usually Hispanic or, you know, African-American, especially if you're, you know, going back into, like, more period films, but yeah, I, I love that, like, like, that's, I always think about stuff like that, like, what's this other person's story, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, okay, here's the main person, and what if we pan over, and, like, what's going on with this person over there, you know?
2: Yeah, that's kind of how a lot of the cin- cinematography was, it would be this, like, setup shot where it's her just... You know, like, doing something for the kids or doing something for one of the members of the family. And then she walks away and the camera's like, no, we're going to follow her. It's it's a a nice smooth pan down the stairs where she's taking care of Boris the dog. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: I I also loved how, like, Alfonso Cuaron had, like, a massive budget. But he literally, like, did so many things himself Just so that he could have like fancy swooping cameras and like big scenes with a bunch of extras and stuff like that, because Mm -hmm. like there wasn't a lot that went on until like the second half of the film when all of a sudden you're like, oh, so that's why Netflix paid him to do this, and he did this film on Netflix because like he got this made. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Well, I thought the budget was like fifteen million.
1: Yeah, so it's like.
0: So that's like a big. That's like 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 a budget. That's like a big. But you said huge. Did you? Oh, it's like pretty
1: big for what the film is.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, You're right.
1: Being like an artsy looking film, like it is. (laughs) Koran, who's done a lot of big budget films, but like when you watch the first twenty minutes, you're like, oh, this was a very cheap film to make, and then all of a sudden, it just like it's like, whoa, this was a fucking masterpiece that took a lot of work and a lot of resources and a lot of just, like, Mm -hmm. probably going into his old neighborhoods and stuff. Like, I haven't really listened to a lot of his interviews about it because I knew that I wanted to watch it and didn't want to really spoil too much. Yeah. Because it was, it's it's very autobiographical, right? Because it's, like, kind
2: of, like, the upbringing that he had or it was, like, the area he lived in? I
1: think.
0: Yeah, it was, it was. it was, It was, it was, like, his most personal film. Like, there are specific details. Like, all of this is, like... It's basically, like, a series of memories mm. that he has from his childhood. So, it's about the actual um, housemaid that he grew up with. And oh, his, cool. like, real parents, like, they really did split up and all of that stuff. So, it's... Spoilers.
1: It's... Spoilers. Oh,
0: is that, yeah. Is that a spoiler? I guess.
1: Nah, yeah. I feel like that's not... Because we don't care about the family. Like, that's not... That what? do you mean? We
2: don't care about that family.
0: I... Yeah, I kind of agree with Brendan. You care about them. Not as much as Cleo, but... No,
2: but, like... She's tied to them, like and but it's about Cleo.
1: <laughs> well, I, okay, I
2: don't want to spoil anything, but they're.
0: But yeah, well, like yeah, it's but, about like
1: in that regard. Like I don't care about the husband and wife's relationship that much. <sighs> I did. I,
0: I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. i'm Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I hear you. It's it's her story. So like, if you were more focused on that, that totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, but I yeah, just thought that, that the dude was kind of an asshole. Yeah. He
0: was, but I think, like, because there's kids involved, it's, like, you have to care because it's, like, this is their fault. You know what I well, mean? Well, no, yeah, like,
1: I care about the kids. I just don't really care about their relationship. I'm just, like, good that he left. Like, that was supposed to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry sorry if that was a spoiler for people. No, it's okay. I, don't, I I speak for the, the fans, us fans. <laughs> uh, Trust me, that's not going to be the most surprising thing that happened. No. To or God, the, no. the thing that you don't see coming.
2: Um, one of the other things, um... I wanted to say too was because uh, i think this this movie's getting a lot of screenplay nominations and it's sometimes films get nominated for screenplays because like the dialogue is like super sharp right it's like really funny or like really fast and like this movie is not that but what makes this screenplay so good is the way that it can do like setups and payoffs later on that, that are visual like there's a thing that happens with uh the driveway with the car getting into the driveway that's like when yeah. that like when it gets called back i'm just like
0: so good god
2: yes uh, yeah he, and, yeah there's like a bunch of like other like scenes that are similar to that in the film
0: yeah he managed to portray so much with like the visual and the oral rather than specific language you know what I mean yeah, and just the overall like the way that the film is so sprawling but it's also so intimate like yeah. it's like if someone if I was in film class and my teacher said you need to make something sprawling and intimate I would be like those are two opposite things like what are you talking about yeah. <laughs> but I'm not a genius and, and so. little,
2: little Alfonso Cuarón was like I can make that just give me 15 million dollars
0: yeah exactly like it also kind of reminded me of of, of Fellini but in Mexico mm. and it's it's just so beautiful, like, the wide, all the wide shots, like, I love close-ups, I love intimacy, but I felt like, like, you were saying, like, how you fell asleep at the beginning, a lot of people said, or did you say you did, no. or you almost did?
2: I, I, just, I was a little bored. Oh, oh. oh, yeah, yeah. oh,
0: oh, oh. Oh, Jordan said he fell asleep in Interstellar.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I know you said that just now, but I'm like, wait, did I fall
0: asleep? Yeah. I would never
1: fall asleep in an Alfonso Cuaron film. No, no. Only Christopher Nolan, because he sucks. <laughs> He's trash. Yeah. Come
0: with your pitchforks, everyone. Throw
1: him in the dumpster.
0: We have two large dogs here, so you will not get very far. Anyway.
1: This, also, <laughs> if there are any filmmakers who are listening to this... Uh, these are all jokes. These are comedy podcasts. If you want to cast any of us in your films, Christopher Nolan or Alfonso Cuaron. Or Sean Baker. Or Sean Baker. Yeah.
2: We're around. Sean,
0: please.
1: Oh, so this movie actually
2: gave me, like, similar Florida Project feels when I was watching it. Yes. So, yes, 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 Right? Because mm-hmm. uh, like, like, of, how, like, how beautiful the shots were, how personal it was. But, it, like, it, but, like, Florida Project also has, like, a lot of these, like, kind of wide Static shots. cameras also. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: and the, the, the notion of just... Uh, what did... I write down that... Oh, the New York Times wrote that this movie portrays the depths of ordinary life, which I thought was the perfect way to explain that. Yeah. You know, like, just just the everyday experience of this woman, like, folding laundry and, you know, cleaning up after the dog and all of this stuff. Like, but, but what you were saying about how you were, like, a little bored, a lot of people are saying that in, like, the first hour of the movie, and it does take a long time to get going. And it's funny because when I... I also, like... I watched it, like, a week, a week and a half ago, and I had wanted to watch it as soon as it came out, but, like, when you're not, like, a film like this, like, as much as I love that it's on Netflix, I, it's more of a film that you go out to the film, the cinema to see, like, you prepare to see it, it's, like, this prestige art film that's getting all this Oscar buzz, so, like, you get ready to see it, and, like, you go with someone who also appreciates that kind of movie, and it's, like, an experience.
1: That's 100% a Netflix flex. Like, they're just saying, we could get the best films, we're, we're going to take over the industry, like, yeah. this filmmaker is gonna, wants to make his best film ever, we're going to let him do that, even though it's, like, a tribute to cinema in general, like Yeah, like, yeah. going to the theater and the theater experience. Because there's, there's a
2: lot of scenes like that that happen in the film, where it's just, like, these characters that go to the movies, and it's like, wow, isn't it great being in the theaters as you're sitting at home watching it <laughs> on your laptop?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, like... And so I kept saying like, oh no, like Rome was, it's going to be really good. Like I have to find the perfect moment to watch it. I have to be in the right mindset. Like, Mm -hmm. cause sometimes I come home and like, I know I have to, even though I just got home from like work, I have to work on my computer for like hours. And like, I put some stupid thing on Netflix that I've seen a million times. Like I literally put like some like, you know, JLo or like Jennifer Aniston movie on. (laughs) I'm like, whatever. Like, not that those movies are not, do not have depth and, and good things. I'm just saying like. Depends on the movie. Right, I'm just saying, like, you know, something that's not as heavy, something that's not as dense, something that's more of, like, I'm going to fall in love with this guy, and yeah, all like that cake. kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was a good movie, though. Um, but, yeah, like, today I turned on Monster-in-Law, you know, like, like something like that. That's, you know, not not, not the same kind of stakes here. And and I just like... Because I just like to have something on. Like, I'll just turn on any anything on Netflix. And I was like, I can't do that with this movie. I have to, like, really be ready for it. So I finally, like... I was like, I'm not ready for it, but I'm just going to fucking watch it already because I'm tired of everyone talking about it and me not knowing what they're talking about. And I I was, like, anxious. I was, like... I felt like I should clean the house. Like I was, I should be spending no, but like I should,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the takeaway from Netflix.
0: No,
2: from not because of clean the your not your house. <laughs> I wish it made me want to clean my house.
0: That goes a lot. I wasn't saying because of the movies, like th- the subject matter. I was saying because
1: because clean your house so Cleo can go out and live <laughs> her life.
0: I was saying because my house was a little bit messy, and I was like, oh, I should be cleaning. I shouldn't be just sitting watching yeah. a movie. I should be cleaning and so I was kind of anxious and even when I first turned it on I was kind of like maybe I'll turn this off and go clean and then I'll feel better like when I like finish and I can like relax but I was like no I'm watching this and so I was like kind of like half out the door before I even turned it on so I like felt really bad and then like the the first hour of the movie like relaxed me so Mm -hmm. much like just watching those images watching those tracking shots and the beauty and like trying to take in every part of the screen which Actually, it's difficult because if you don't speak Spanish, you have to read the subtitles as well as like look at these incredibly wide shots that are very, they're filled with a lot to look at. And it's like, I want to look at everything, but I also need to read. So it it was like overwhelming, but at the same time, I was like able to decompress. And like, even though I had the same thoughts as you, whereas at, at points, I definitely was bored. But, as, like, I felt like every time I was bored, like, I just, like, hung in there a little bit, and then there was, like, an amazing, like, vista or something, totally. and, then I, and then I was like, all right, I'm in. And then the second half is high-octane shit that you don't expect at all. Yeah. And also there's a historical element of this, like, the things that are going on in Mexico. Yeah. Which, I, admittedly, I really don't know that much about Mexican history. Yeah, I mean, like really hardly anything so i found that interesting too because you know curan was growing up during this time and like he he tried to like match these events to the time period of the movie which was 1970s if anyone doesn't know that if you haven't seen the film yet it's 70s mexico city so do you guys have anything else to say before we get into spoilers uh,
1: what were you gonna say no i was just saying nothing we're just a- approaching commercial time oh, okay cool
0: All right, so we're going to take a break, and then we are going to get into spoilers. So if you have not seen this movie, turn off the podcast now, turn on Netflix. Well, wait, and
1: listen to the ads first.
0: Listen to the (laughs) ads first, then turn this off, then watch Roma, then turn it back on. Because we did such
1: a nice (laughs) read for you.
0: (laughs) All right, guys, please stay tuned for these words.
1: Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Sorry, Brendan was supposed to do that. We could redo it. No, 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 it's okay. Are we doing it now? It's,
0: Brendan is a super fan of our podcast, and he keeps smiling really big.
1: I am. This is, like, <laughs> this is... what was,
0: This is better than being on WTF with yeah, Aaron.
1: Yeah, like... Uh, it, Mark Maron, if you're listening, this is not better than being on WTF with Mark Maron, and you better not stop WTFing before I get on your podcast. Yeah, but this is like if I had like a like a, a wish, my
2: wish would be to be here. So I guess it came true. So thank you. Aww. I wish to be with
1: Mark Maron. <laughs> Alright, that's cool, Jordan. Sorry. <laughs> nah, <No>, that's cool. <laughs> no, but like your facial hair kind of looks like Mark Maron's facial hair, and his hair in a similar yeah, way. Yeah, you could be in related.
0: My wish is to have Diddy's uh, delivered to me right now.
1: <laughs> do they deliver? Should we get delivery? Wait, what place delivery? delivered? Diddy's. diddy's. I can't actually. Oh, I'm trying We're trying just to... doing yeah, so many Should
0: ads we, we strong
2: arm Diddy's into giving us money for the promotion that we're getting, doing right now? Wait, let me do some copy for Diddy's.
1: All right.
0: I'm trying you to not hungry eat. hungry late oh.
1: night? Well or anytime? Diddy's closes at 12. <laughs> so, hope you're not up too late. Sorry to trash Diddy's. Diddy's is great. Diddy's is
0: amazing. Go to Diddy's <laughs> So, now we're going to talk about Roma, but we're going to include spoilers. So. Holy shit. I don't know where to begin. <laughs>
2: okay, I have one. I don't know if it's spoiler. This is kind of in the same vein as the Dave Franco thing. I think I might have just been seeing things. But you know the part when they go to the movies? This is, like, like later in the film. They go to the movies and they see uh, um, um, the space movie. It's um, uh, Marooners, I think. Yeah. Um... And I've never seen Marooner, so like like it might just, like that might have been like a clip that was straight from the movie. But I could swear that when they do a close up on one of the astronauts, it's George Clooney. Like, it's, <laughs> like I I was sitting there watching. I'm, I'm like, what? Did, did he just like splice a, like a, a, a clip from Gravity into this
0: movie? What? <laughs> that would be an amazing Easter egg. Yeah. So
2: like go just go back and watch uh, like when they're at the movies, seeing the space movie, and look for George Clooney's face because it's there.
1: What? That's wild. That's yeah. the hottest thing. I don't think that's on any other podcast yeah, no, I, I, about Roma.
2: I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. So it probably is not him, but yeah, just look. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Do you remember the timestamp? Uh, not gonna find it on my phone, because I have Netflix on my phone. <laughs> You're just gonna <laughs> go through. <laughs> I, I did it today at work, so it wouldn't be that crazy. Um,
0: so I guess we should start with um Cleo's sex scene, kind of, mm. with her boyfriend, who is a... Exactly what? I'm not sure. Martial artist. That's
1: so weird. <laughs> Yo. He, he's
0: training for, like, the Olympics. or Not literally, but, like,
1: that was such a good character before I realized that he was a piece of shit. Like, I was just like, this guy's so funny. Like, I'm so excited for this. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they make you think he's a nice guy. At least, like, I thought he was a nice
2: guy. He like, was fine, yeah. Because, like, there's even that part, where he's, like, skipping ahead a little bit. But, like, after, like, the. Uh, and we'll come back to the sex scene. But when they're in the. The nude scene is so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. It's. It's, it is. it's just, like, like very. I yeah, catch you up. Like, that's probably the point when I'm like, oh, I'm locked into this movie now. Like, mm-hmm. this is really weird. But then when, uh, when you go to the scene where they're in the movie theater, the two of them they're on a date and she tells him that uh, that she's pregnant um, and like his reaction is like so nice he was like oh but that's a good thing right and then he just leaves he took and, off. and never comes back <laughs> he offers to get her ice cream and then just never comes back
0: it's crazy how he like completely deceives her and then they really make him into a giant asshole like when she finds him he literally threatens to kill her if she ever comes back yeah. and it's like you know, it couldn't even have been, like, oh, you know, I'm really not ready for this, and, like, I have to train, so I'm sorry, but you're on your own. Basically, like, he he couldn't even do that. Like, he just had to be a total pussy and just fail.
2: And then, like, he, he tells her he's gonna, like, beat her up or kill her, and then he, like, does, like, a bunch of moves to <laughs> show that he will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we believe that you can. Like. Right,
0: right, she's like, I got it, yeah, like.
1: But he did not kill her, Luckily.
0: Right. Spoiler: She survives.
1: Well, we're in the spoiler section, so we <laughs> right. can talk about anything. Yeah, um, I, I. No, just... but he came in with a gun in that scene, like he was one of the militants.
0: Right. That was kind of a shocking moment when. Now, I don't want to. You... I don't want to talk because I. I don't know exactly the conflict that was going on at the time, and I don't want to misspeak. I did read about it later, but of course, I've now since forgotten. But whatever the, this, like, he was, like, a soldier invading this area of the city, Mm -hmm. and she's shopping for a crib. I mean, it's just the most innocuous everyday thing. And to me, it really shook me because even though it's set in the 70s, it really resonated with, like, today's times where, you know, people are getting murdered when they're just out at the mall, or at the movies, or at a concert, or whatever, you know, from gun violence, so even though it was a totally different thing, and it was like a, a war situation, it, it still, like, just them, like, just being in a normal store, and, like, everything being totally normal, and then all of this crazy shit going on, and then, mm. like, the moment... It's as if
1: they're trying to show parallels to American society right now, and how you could get shot up in your movie theaters, and your... Random places, your schools. Yeah. No places off limits.
0: Yeah, and that, that moment was just so chilling when the grandmother and Cleo are standing there and they recognize each other.
3: Oh, yeah. And again, there's
0: nothing, like, there, you know, there's no indication of, like, anything. They just both recognize each other. And even I, like, when I saw that, I was like, wait, is that, is that him? Mm-hmm. And, the, and then, like, they just, they just hold on <laughs> him, like, a little too long for it to not be him, and I was like, holy shit, like, that's... And the way that he just, like, he, like, because he knows, like, that's his baby, like, she's shopping for the baby's crib, and, like, he's, you know, like,
2: ooh. I'm not gonna lie, for a hot second, like, I figured it, he probably wouldn't shoot her, but I did think for, like, like he, I do think he might have considered doing it, actually, because I think it was like, one of those things, like, he's clearly a selfish person, mm-hmm. and it was like, how do I eliminate this, the problem? I already shot one, or, like, already one person, or, like, many people are dying, but, like, in the store, someone's been shot, so just shoot another person and just get rid of that right
0: because that was an instance where he could get away with it because it's like there's so much already going right. on you know ugh yeah. crazy
2: uh, by the way the timestamp for a possible George Clooney is
1: uh, let's see it's <laughs> 114 114 ish yeah like, do you want to show go, it to us yeah hold on <laughs> <laughs> um, also side note did you guys know that the casting crew or the crew got robbed
0: no what happened
1: um, I was looking up the Wikipedia on November 3rd 2016 it was revealed that the crew was robbed on set during filming According to the studio, two women were hit, five crew members were hospitalized, and cell phones, wallets, and jewelry were stolen during the attack.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: Wow. So that was really, really filming in the trenches, I guess.
2: (laughs) So so here's George Clooney. Just keep your eyes on the screen, because it happens quick in a flash. Not him, the other guy.
0: Is this a nod to...
1: That's George Clooney! Look
0: at it! Isn't that George Clooney? It looks more like Dustin Hoffman to me.
1: Oh, that doesn't look like du- Ooh, Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of an angular face, Dustin Hoffman. I guess that's like a cloud. You see what you want it's to like say. Face. I just want to see
2: George Clooney <laughs> in a, a Quarron movie and now I'll never see George Clooney in a space
1: Quarron movie. LaBeouf? <laughs> um... So. so
0: she, so we follow her throughout the pregnancy and she's still working throughout the whole thing. And I, I really like like the, the dynamic between the two women, uh, meaning Cleo and I forget the mother's name, but she's played by, uh, Marina de Tavira. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. She's, she, like the, actually plays Cleo, um, Yalisa Aparicio. Am I saying that right? I hope so. She is a first-time actress, but uh, Marina is not. She's she's been acting uh, in in Mexico and I think Spain, and she's in a lot of like Spanish-language movies, from what I hear. Mm-hmm. So the the and it was kind of like that kind of mirrors like the, the the dynamic here of like you know here's this this mom who's in the power position, and then here's this uh, maid who's sometimes the mom snaps at her and so she's not that nice and then other times like when she says that she's pregnant like she's like so nurturing and like the mother comes out and she's just like oh we're gonna take care of you don't worry like it's totally fine and after the scene where they you know there's all this conflict going on while they're shopping she goes into labor i'm guessing early.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I think the, the, the trauma of everything going on like the, like like yeah. just like so much.
0: Cuz the baby the baby didn't look that small, but but still it, it must have been early because it, it was definitely like what the, the stress. Like that's why that's why they put women on bed rest cuz they're literally like, you know, some women are on bed rest for like 2 months cuz they're like you literally cannot have any kind of stimulation at all in any way like, or this baby could come early. So yeah. Yo
2: that birth scene. Can we talk about that? Like that that birth holy scene. fuck. <laughs>
0: Like, Yelitsa was amazing yeah, first of all like
2: that—that like that is probably the best acting of the year I think for me I was just like watching it and just like and it was a good choice of like, like where to put the camera and like to, like, keep it just, like, on her, like, like mostly on her profile, but, like... When just you, the
1: reveal. Yeah, yo,
2: when you of... see the baby come out, you know. And just, like, the way that the, the, the one doctor who's, like, trying to revive the baby is talking to her, he's like, ma'am, I don't hear a heartbeat. And I'm just like, stop saying that to her. Like, you're probably gonna... In like, that tone, why yeah. is your tone like that? <laughs> yeah. And, and that was like, one of the most jarring things about it is, like, like, like I don't want to say casual, but the way that, like, that, that particular nurse or doctor, whatever his position was and, like, the way they were dealing with the situation of him, like, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, what's your patient's name? Cleo. And then, like, he's like, uh, Cleo, well, we, like... Like, he's like, says it very matter-of-factly, and, like, I'm like... And I I felt so... I felt even more upset because he was
1: saying it so matter-of-factly, because I'm just like, like, could you imagine being Cleo in that moment? Like...
0: Yeah, so clinical.
1: Not to mention it was literally the fault of the guy who impregnated her that killed the child. Because his whatever was going on militarily made the traffic so bad that she couldn't get there yeah. and she's like all right uh,
0: I thought oh there's a lot of there there's a lot of reviews on here particularly not Not on here, on this movie, particularly on Letterboxd, where it gets, like, zero stars, half star, or one star. And there's a lot of people that feel really offended that um, he used this experience that his uh, maid went through, and it's, like, her experience of losing her child, and he shouldn't be exploiting that, and, like, how explicitly they showed it. And, like, I I see that point of view, but I also, I, not, I shouldn't say I enjoy, but I enjoy the concept of showing it so explicitly, because it's a real thing that happens to people, and it, it is a real thing specifically that happened to this woman. And so imagine how many people were touched by this conflict or any conflict, how many people lose their babies, how many people have been affected by, you know, being a low income person, like just trying to make it, just trying to, you know, be this, this normal unassuming person who's just like moving through life, like working class and they, have something like this happen to them and everything that they dreamed of for what for their child and for their life is just over in a second like I think showing I mean it was brutal like to see literally the baby like be lifeless and everything because we're used to seeing like all these movies where the baby comes out and like screaming and everyone's oh my god this is the best moment of our lives and the mom's crying and it's like crying happy tears, and it's, like, a beautiful scene, and it was just so, like, we're used to seeing, you know, the baby comes out, and they, like, put it on the mother's chest, and the mother's, like, crying, and then the mom and dad kiss, and then the doctor's, like, it's a boy, and then, you know what I mean, or whatever, like, it's in every, like, movie, right, where there's a where there's a birth, and, like, thinking, and then, you know, you're usually, like, crying, or you're emotional, like, oh my god, it's such a beautiful moment, and it's just, like, over, and the way that, like, they, they try to revive the baby, like, but, And I I felt like they didn't – I mean, I'm sure they're doctors. I'm not. But I felt like they didn't try hard enough. Like, I felt like they should have kept trying or something. Like, I mean, I guess when when there's no heartbeat, there's no heartbeat and it's not coming back. But, like, you hear about miracles and stuff. And I was just, like – if I was laying there, I would literally be, like, screaming, like, no, like, you need to keep trying. Like, you can't just, like, take the baby away. Like, it it can't just be over. Like, imagine, like, going through a pregnancy for nine months and thinking about that moment and then it's just, like, that's it. Like, that – broke my heart so much and the way that they portrayed it like you said like the, the clinical like tone of the voices and like her like panicking but like she wasn't too over the top with her no. performance which I really like she was just kind of like like losing it like not knowing what to do like that. that's what I felt she really translated well was, like, just not knowing what to do. Like, you, she can't do anything. She has to literally just lay there. Like, she's at the mercy of the doctors. And she just, like, not – like, the way that she was even, like, moving her head and, like, the tone of her, her like, you know, crying and, and the little things that were coming out of her mouth, it was just – I thought it was perfectly portrayed.
2: Yeah, I – uh so one of the things, like, is going back to what you were saying about the relationship with uh, with Cleo and then the, the mother character, mm-hmm. there was a, I don't know the exact line, but there was a line that she says, I think, when the father leaves, uh, and, like, she's, like, mm-hmm. very emotional, upset about it, and she, something along the lines of, like, us women were always alone or something like that, mm-hmm. and, and, like, I thought about that throughout the entire pregnancy scene, because, especially when they go up there, and then um, the grandmother checks uh, Cleo in, and the, the, the nurse is, like, asking, like, like, what's her, like, you know, what's her birth you know, what's her birthday? Like, how old is she? Like, does she have any family? And, we, and she's like, I can't answer. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, wow, like, Cleo has no one. Like, the only person that she was, like, blood connected to that she had was this child. And she literally had them for, like, minutes. And like, that was, like, the only interaction that, like, her and that child were ever going to have was her holding that child in her arms. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, like, I
1: was just, I was, like, clawing my face and just, like, like... Wait, what was the deal with her mother? Her mother, they, like, was just from a worse part of Mexico? Or... Uh, Cleo's mother? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they taught they like mentioned it briefly at one point in the beginning, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Or like her her mom's house got seized at some point or something like that because of the military coming through. Hmm. But yeah, there was like something weird about her relationship with her mom.
0: I was really like hurt by the moment where they they're like, do you want to hold the baby? And she's like, yes. And they let her hold the baby oh for, God. like, a second. Yeah. Like, you would think they would leave and just, like, let you have some time.
2: Yo, and then they they, sh- and they keep it going and they show them, like, like wrapping the baby up in the background and she's, like, watching all this and I'm just like, wow. And, like, I, I, I guess it was, like, you know, different place, different
1: time, but, like...
0: It's unbelievable. Yeah.
1: I like how the theme of this year was just male directors telling us what it's like to be a woman. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: well the theme of this movie for for being directed by a man the theme of this movie was like fuck men. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that that thing you were saying about that line um Where she says like, like no matter what anyone tells you, like we are alone. I feel like I don't know if there's like a guy version of that, but like sometimes stuff like that happens. Like when women are alone, like they'll be like someone will be talking about something, and then like another woman will reply with like, well that's how it is, like just like just period, like that's how like that's how it is, like that's how it is for us. Like you just have to like. Why are you guys no, laughing? because no, the guys- guy
1: version of that is just, yeah, we're shitbags. Yeah. Yeah. No, no wonder women us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that version of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, why did she leave me? And then it's like, oh, yeah, because, like. You were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> or,
2: or it's the opposite where it's like, bro, like, I don't know why this girl left me. It's like, yeah, me neither, man. It's like, <laughs> chicks before chicks, am I right? So it's like, the same thing, but not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that.
0: but I thought that was like, really represented well. Yeah. You know, like, just that bond between women.
1: Yeah. But that was such a theme throughout so many films this year. Like, same with, First man, and kind of how the mom has to be the realistic ones with the kids because the dad is just gonna go off and like do whatever the fuck he wants, yeah, and kind of just leave them around,
2: yeah. Even B- Beale Street had some of that too, oh, like yeah, all, for the, sure. all the female characters. Um, I'm sure
1: Widows was the same way, another <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> <Okay>. Widows sucked. <laughs> was it bad? I, 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 the whole time watching it, I was just like, the whole
0: time,
2: the whole time. <laughs> yes! I was waiting for
1: that. If you guys don't know, Brendan, do you want to explain the bit? Yes, yeah, so we I just assume I, they're movie fans. Uh,
2: so if this is a uh, compulsion I have, <laughs> revolved around the uh, the movie Mrs. Doubtfire. If you don't know uh, what I'm talking about, go watch the movie in general because it's a phenomenal comedy. But also, specifically the climax when they're in the restaurant and uh, spoiler for that, Sally Fields character finds out that uh, Robin Williams character has been dressing up as their nanny. Uh, and she says the whole time, several times, so whenever someone says the whole
1: time, we all say the whole time. But she says
0: it in a really, like, dramatic way, because it's, like...
1: this is me impersonating Brendan, impersonating Sally Fields. The whole time? The whole time?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so go watch it, and then... Say the whole time, anytime someone says it the whole time. It's become an issue. I've, I've said it to too many people who don't know what I'm talking about, and they either think I'm making fun of them, or I'm, like, really interested in what they're saying.
0: I hate that feeling when you mention, like, you have a movie reference that you think is so obvious, and, like, everybody will know it, and then people are like, wait, what? Yeah. Mm, I just, it makes me sad. Yeah. So, uh, gosh, from there, so the scene in the poster is, like, my favorite scene of the oh year, God, possibly. I mean... F-
1: just when you thought it couldn't get more emotional. Jesus Christ. Yo, yes! Oh, <laughs> my God, yes! I was just like, "There's okay, we're, we're done. It's the falling action now. <laughs> like, there's nothing left in the film. <laughs>
0: no, this scene was one of the most beautiful I've seen in so long. And it's... It's the family goes to the beach on vacation because the relationship has gotten so bad between the mother and father that they can't even be home when he comes home to pick up his stuff. He's leaving the family for his mistress, and that's what he was really doing. Yeah. Brendan's shaking his head. God. Any ladies out there want to marry Brendan or Jordan, they're pretty woke, so (laughs) they probably won't do this. Cut to you guys doing it anyway. Let
2: me try tried. With, with <laughs> each other.
0: <laughs> right.
2: I'm leaving you for Jordan again.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it, the it's like the the father can't even be in the same room as the rest of them. And he said that he was on a work trip, but he was really only on the work trip for a week. And the rest of the time, he's just been with his mistress. So the family takes a trip to the beach with Cleo, and they specifically say, like, you're you're not working. Like, you're on vacation with us. And it's, like, this great moment of bonding. And, like, I love that scene in the restaurant when they reveal, like, that they're getting a divorce. Like... Mm, yes! That, that was just a really good scene. Oh,
2: yeah, The way the mother talks to them is, like, so like, accurate, like, it it feels very authentic. The whole movie, that was, like, one of my biggest things as as I'm watching it. Like, this movie was authentic from beginning to end.
0: Yep. And so they are, they're going to the beach, and the mom has to go, like, check the car or something, and the kids want to go swimming, and Cleo doesn't know how to swim, and she says that, like, the mom is dumb at this point, because she's leaving her kids... Swimming in the ocean with someone watching them who cannot swim. She literally says,
2: like, okay, guys, but Cleo cannot (laughs) swim.
0: (laughs) So don't go far. But, of course, they're kids, so they do. And two of the kids start drowning and... Cleo like it's just her instinct like even though she lost her baby like she has this motherly instinct and she knows that she cannot swim but she is still gonna go in the ocean because like you know she would rather die saving them than watch them die from the beach right so from the shore so like she goes in and the waves are crashing and it's just so like gorgeous those are the
1: only people who have like seen her as a human being like throughout the course of the film is like the kids because they don't understand class systems they're just like oh this is just a person who's around and is really nice to us and like treats us like human beings yeah. yeah kids
0: like traditionally really love their nannies like the same way that they love their family it's kind of like a third parent or something yeah and there's no there's no score throughout this entire film by the way so you really hear the waves crashing the sound yeah. design whereas another film you could even say a lesser <laughs> film would like put this big swelling like dramatic music at this point and uh Just you know the sounds
1: of the waves
0: yeah and She saves the children, and even though she can't, don't die. (laughs) Yeah, she can't swim herself, and it's kind of like a metaphor for the whole movie. It's like she's there for the kids. She doesn't really have her own life, but like she's she's contributing to to them, and you know, making them into good people, and spending time with them when their parents can't really, and all that stuff. And then the mom comes back, like, in the nick of time. And, and that's when... Well, not in the nick of time, really. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what well, I <laughs> Yeah, she's like, oh, hey, guys. Um, well, no, she's completely distraught, running up. Like, she sees that something happened, obviously. And, like, they're all, like, hugging. And that's the shot from the poster. And, like, I remember seeing that poster and thinking, that's a beautiful poster. Like, I wonder what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <And> I, like, <laughs> I never could have imagined. Like, and the, the dialogue is so good. Like, it's so simple and to the point. They're just like, she saved us. And... And, and the mom's like, thank you so much, thank you. And then, like, Cleo has her, like, revelation. Better,
1: better or worse than the moonlight beach scene.
0: Oh, God. Different. <laughs>
1: best picture beach scenes. if this one's best picture. You,
0: I vote Weekend of Bernie's too. Yes.
1: Anyway, um... Another best picture nominee.
0: Winner, actually, 1993. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and this scene is just unimaginably good Cleo has her her revelation where she says like that she didn't want her baby oh god and it's like that moment that takes her to the edge like that moment of almost losing like more children where she she finally like comes to terms with with that like guilt inside of her of like she really didn't want her baby like did she want her baby to die no of course not but like she also didn't want her baby and like she's robbed of this experience that so many women get to have where they get to have like a nice husband or wife and like they get to you know go through the process of being pregnant or like go through the process of adopting or something like that either way like there's a long process of the whole thing happening and she just kind of like got pregnant by accident and the husband or not even husband the guy took off she's living in someone else's house like she doesn't have many things of her own she has that little like that little, like, side house, that little, like, guest house, not even, that she shares with the other maid who she's friends with. And, you know, she she didn't, like, get to have any of this. And she's just, like, the family that they build... I'm talking... I don't know. I, I'm just, like, talking in this but No, you're saying <laughs> the right
1: thing. Like, like- I, I totally agree with what you're saying.
0: Thank you. And also,
1: I think it's... Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting how... I felt like the message between the mom and her was basically like, yeah, like, kids are going to be the only ones who love us. And, like, everybody else is just going to see us as, like, oh, yeah, they're going to stay home and take care of the kids. Mm. And, like, what what's under the surface of, like, oh, yeah, that's just the maid. Mm. <laughs> Which is, like, how the film started and how it just unwound into this just epic of a film. Yeah. Uh, there was
2: a lot of movies that I saw this year that, like, did not stick the landing. This is not one of those <laughs> movies. This movie, like, stuck in, like... Because like, it, it, it's an, an impactful, like, powerful ending, but also it ties together so many things that are going on in the story. One of them being one of my favorite running things, which is the youngest son uh, randomly talking to Cleo, saying, like... Oh, you know, uh, w- uh, when I was when I was older, <laughs> or, like, or when I was young, like, he talks about being an older man and like, having different jobs. Like he's like, oh yeah, like, when I was older, I was a pilot or something like that. Like oh, like when you get older, he's like, no, no, I, like like alluding to like a previous life. Yeah. And he does it again in, like, right in that scene when him and Cleo are walking away. He's like, oh, when I was older, I was a sailor. And he just describes, like, being lost at sea and dying and, like, storm coming <laughs> in. And, then like, and then, then, like, you're you're already kind of, like, oh like listening and revved up for it. And then and then she starts going back. And, like, again, the, the camera pans back to the ocean. You get all this stuff. And then you have, like, these people who are all broken, like, have come from, like, some kind of broken family, whether it's Cleo with her. Uh, with like her actual family or and her her baby that she lost and like also these kids look kinda like like lost their father in a way and like like this you know this mother lost her husband so mm-hmm. it's like that's like the only way they could like, be a complete family is like literally by like holding each other and like being
1: complete together so mm-hmm. also one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they're laying on the bed and they're both dead. <laughs>
0: Why are we lost? Yeah, wait, what, what, what is you... that?
1: When Cleo and the, the son, he's just oh, like, oh, oh I'm, dead, they're playing, I'm dead. I'm dead. Oh, yeah. It's not good to be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was love like, that. No, too. like, no, it's really good to be dead. Yeah. That and, like, was really just that cute, too. That idea of, like, if you are a working class person, it just never ends. And, like, especially in the society that we live in, mm. even now in America, where, like, we're getting the gap between the rich and the poor in the country, and, like, there isn't as much of a middle class anymore. It's just like, yeah, this is just life. Like, you're just like, wow, it would be really nice to just be dead and just be able to lay down and not have to think about things (laughs) for a second because I have to work constantly just to get a better life for myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, it made me sad that she got pregnant when she had sex because it seemed like that was her one, like, thing where she should be like really enjoying it and just like having like some pleasure and I don't even mean like sexual pleasure I just mean like that too but I just mean like just being with a guy and not being at work and like just like having fun and like he's doing his dumb like Tricks, but like she doesn't care because like she's happy with him. Or that, that
2: was her first time, right? Didn't they say that, that? Like she had never been with anyone else before.
0: Oh, did they say that? I think
2: when they were when the yeah. when the doctor was like talking was to her when she first got she brought had in. Ever been with. Yeah, oh. Which even,
1: makes it even harder. And Fuck. I wonder if that was the first time, right? So because like there were weird time jumps. So I was like, yeah, of course she gets fucking pregnant on the first time. A time that, like, she did not seem really, like, it was just great acting where it was like, she didn't seem like she was into it, but she seemed like, oh, but, like, I'm happy that he's here, right. and I'm not alone, and I'm, like, doing, having fun on my one time off, like you were just saying.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: God, it's such a tragic story. Oh, uh, You know what I forgot, we like, a
2: big scene we forgot to talk about was the fire.
0: Dude. Yo. Yeah. That was that guy singing in front of the fire and it's just yes. burning and burning yeah now it's like not it's like me pretending everything's okay
2: <laughs> the part when like I like one of like the my favorite parts of this movie is when, like, the fire's going on and, like, all these adults trying to put out the fire, and then the kids are like, they're like, put out the little fires, put out the little fires, <laughs> and they, like, literally have the kids just, like, sectioned off, just, like, pouring water on, like, these tiny little, like, isolated fires so, like, they can help, but without actually putting the children in danger. It, it was just mm-hmm. so, uh...
1: Also, another very pointed thing I felt like to have a wi- wildfire scene given the wildfires in California yeah. and just global, like, climate stuff, to, like, put that in there and just be like, all right, this is when we started being over-industrialized and, like, this is when shit started getting crazy. Yeah, the
2: Quaron just, like, he... Like, so I, I really started feeling the connection between, between this and Children of Men... Like, definitely in the second half, for sure, because when you have, like, the yeah. rides, and then some of the pregnancy, because it reminded me of, the, the pre- like, the pregnant woman who's trying to give birth to the child and uh, children of men, and it's interesting, because it, he touched on similar themes, but, like, in a very, very different way in this movie, it was,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. The precision in his filmmaking is just, I mean,
1: I don't think you can make a more perfect film than Speechless.
2: Not this kind of film though. No. Like 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 when it comes to like this like this story, like there was like no other way of telling this story.
0: hmm And one thing this is gonna seem like a weird comparison, but when it comes to leading performances this year, if you compare her performance to something like Remy Malik as Freddie Mercury, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but like that's an ex- that's an example of like a really grand like show stopping Chalabet
1: like, versus Oldman.
0: Mm-hmm. No. No. I I know what you're saying, but I'm I'm saying I'm saying more like well I guess yeah, I I can yeah, I, I kind of agree with bigger that
2: Bigger extremes but the same idea. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like it's Sorry, I had to think about that one. <laughs> like, no.
2: Yeah, I forgot yet. about Gary Oldman in that
1: movie also, too. Yeah,
0: I right? just block it out. No. Uh, so,
1: <laughs> I think we should go to war. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> war will make us more money. I don't care that we can't lose, that we will lose the war. Let's just do it anyway. You can't negotiate with a tiger when it's got your head in his mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I compare that one more to Christian Bale like i i think christian bale's amazing but like i'm just not i'm not all for that performance with the weight gain and the prosthetics i'm whether Sorry. who no matter who it is i'm just like i prefer more this like raw like broken down woman who's just like who doesn't even know how to act is not trained as an actress actually in fact her sister they had an open call in mexico and her sister wanted to go to the the audition and for some reason like she was sick or she had something that she couldn't miss and she was like you have to go because I can't go and and Yulitza was like no I like what okay fine and she (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah so she didn't even have like the ambition she wasn't even one of those girls sitting there like oh my god this is my big break maybe you know I like yeah so like with Remy like I love his performance so much I think he's just fantastic in bohemian rhapsody and it's like the two ends of the spectrum when it comes to performances it's like the biggest like loudest performance you can possibly do and then this like quiet performance of just this woman who's just working in this house and you know living her life and it's like they both are authentic and they both say so much about like what it is to be human and like the like there's 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 a lot more nuance in in the Yulitza performance, obviously, but that is more of that's more the fault of the movie of Bohemian Rhapsody than anything. <laughs> then <Singer's Rami>. fault! <laughs> a lot of things are his fault, but that's for yes. another episode.
2: We have a whole Brian Singer episode.
0: <laughs> yes, we we do not support uh, people who sexually assault others. Nah. Anyway, do you guys have any closing thoughts about Roma?
1: Uh, you have to watch it if you haven't watched it already. I don't know if we're out of spoilers. Depends on how I feel, like, editing and writing timestamps. <laughs> <laughs> turn it on. Just
0: go turn it on. If you don't have Netflix, your aunt, uncle, cousin, just tell them to give their password.
2: Yeah, definitely see it on the biggest screen that you can, like, if you just have, like, a big TV, note. Oh, it's still playing, playing, playing at, at the IFC Center! <laughs> oh my <Yes>. god! Jeez! <laughs> uh, that's right, you're both quiet now. Now it's my podcast. <laughs> uh you're unjinxed um yeah no it, it, i'm I'm very happy i watched this movie uh that was like the one hold out for me because i've been putting my top 10 list together and i'm like I, I can't do a top 10 until i see roma and i'm glad that i
1: waited very i wonder good. what films i haven't seen are on your top tens
0: we can't wait you should be a guest on our top 10 oh, I oh, there's no <laughs> <laughs> so yeah obviously Da-da. i don't even have to ask we all recommend this movie we more than recommend this movie
1: It could be the best film you see all year.
0: Very, very possible. (laughs)
1: Like, if this, this, like, I don't
2: think anyone's gonna argue if this wins Best Picture. They're gonna be like, yeah, like, it's, like, a great movie. Yeah, it's just
0: gonna be like, okay, fine. At this point, I...
1: It honestly is, like, a prestige drama, like, in an unconventional form, (laughs) almost. Like, with some of the great, like, war scenes, or, like, riot scenes, and, like... Everything that was going on, like, there's no reason why it shouldn't be, like, yeah. applauded as one of the best films of the year, if not the best film of the year.
0: Yes, we're, we are pulling for that Best Picture nomination, not just foreign film, Best Picture
2: Overall. oh if it doesn't get nominated
1: that's gonna oh god
2: <laughs> there's gonna be a riot for that
1: yeah netflix my father has been paying you eight dollars a month for the last 10 years of my life so that you could make this movie and i applaud you sir i applaud you netflix remember when it was
2: five dollars a month
0: yeah, <laughs> I remember when streaming was not an option. It was just discs, and it was discs. Mail, it was discs. Was that
1: fifteen years ago? How many years ago was that? When well, it started. It actually started, it
0: started was it just ten years ago. It's no, it started more than fifteen years ago. But it went on for a while. It went oh. on for years like that. And then I remember when they introduced streaming because at first it was like all these shitty movies that no one wanted to and see. It Friday Night Lights. Well, no, there, I don't even think there were TV that was shows. one of
1: the first ones to get on. Oh, really? That's how I watched Friday Night Lights, like, caught up on it, I think. Hmm.
0: But, like, at first there weren't even any, like, legitimate things like that. Like, it, it was just, like, weird stuff that you would see, like, in the back of the video store. Not porn, but, like, <laughs> but just, like, just, like, some, like, movies with no stars that, like, went straight to DVD. Like, that's what it was Zach first. Zach
1: Galifianakis alive at the Purple Onion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, yeah. Before he was
1: known. Like, he wasn't <laughs> in anything yet. I don't
0: think. Yeah, like, I remember I remember no. when I was a kid, like, looking at the... Or maybe look, it was. Like, looking at the streaming things and being like, oh, all these movies and TV shows suck, like, I don't want this. And then, like, a few years later, coming back to it and being like, whoa, like, Netflix has real yeah, shows. <laughs> and now it's like, now you're getting prestige dramas like Roma and The Irishman. It's so amazing. Well,
2: we'll see about The Irishman. It's not done yet, so we'll see if it comes out. Like, uh, what yeah, do you yeah. mean? What do you amazing? Amazing? We'll see if it's going to no, come out. No, I'm sure, I'm sure if, it, if it gets finished, then they'll then they'll
1: it'll be good.
0: Oh, Do you know some tea or something? Nah. Why the wouldn't last it?
1: Scorsese film.
0: No, honey. Wolf
1: of Wall Street. Oh, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Terrence Winter.
0: But also Silence.
1: You that conversation on here. No. We oh, Silence. Oh, oh yeah. Silence. Did you, also. Do you guys like Silence? I love Silence. Yeah. That was a hard one to watch too.
0: Yeah, that was one of those you got to sit with it and pay the fuck attention. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Good Andrew Garfield role.
0: I. Love you, Marty. If you're listening, please come on the show. Uh, It would be my great honor.
1: We literally have a comedy club in the town that you shot your film.
0: We would love if you the film at the
1: Lafayette Theater and then come come over to Rhino Comedy. Yeah.
0: Alright, guys. Thank you so much to our special guest, Brendan O'Brien. Brendan, where can people check you out on social media?
2: Uh on Facebook, it's O'Brendon O'Matthew <laughs> Brian. Facebook,
0: uh, you're fruity. Your Facebook, I love uh, that.
2: on Instagram, it's Brendan O'Brien, but it's Brendan O H Brian. Like, oh Brian. <laughs> uh, and then But oh, with an E. Yeah. Yeah, so it's B-R-E-N-D-A-N-O-H-B-R-I-E-N. <laughs> Uh, and then also, just keep an eye out for Beware the Horn, which is a film that uh, Jordan and I are directing, as we mentioned in the last episode. Also,
1: first-time actors in a yes. lot of the roles. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah yes. this so where the Horn could have been one of our movies if it was a year from now, or less.
1: What a shame. What a wild ride.
0: And also check out Brennan starring as one of the rhinos.
1: Oh yeah, we have a show this week. <laughs> Wait, yes, no, uh... we don't have a show this week. Your show just happened. We oh. should have done that on the last episode, damn it. Time travel.
0: So they will they, have another show in February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you
1: know who does still have a show this month? The Muds. Month. The oh, January twenty sixth. Yeah. Eight PM. Yeah, also just like
2: generally just follow all the Rhino stuff because spoilers, it's Rhino's going through some big changes and it's becoming a really big thing. So exciting get on things. That. Yeah, so rhinos underscore R underscore funny on Instagram, rhinocomedy.com. dot com.
1: Also, Just a heads up, Rhino Comedy is also having a film festival in March, and the deadline is sometime at the end of February. I'm not sure exactly of the date, but if you are a filmmaker who makes comedy films under 10 minutes, you should definitely submit your short to the Rhino Film Festival on Mm rhinocomedy.com.
0: And also, please don't um, hit on any of us, because I received a strange DM saying that I had a very sexy voice, and I would not like those. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That <laughs> being <Nobody> said, like
0: <laughs> Jordan will accept your DM. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I'm trying to be an actor. I'll take I'll take somebody saying I have a sexy voice. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I do compliments
1: on my voice, except you gave me a compliment on my voice. You time. have an
0: amazing voice for voiceover. You would you would get. High- I mean, voiceover I'm is one of the hardest. Actually, start hu- doing demos. Yeah. No, you you should record some <laughs> demos. Like look for up the copy online because voiceover is really hard to get into. But you have a very distinctive character voice that you could totally do it.
1: Totally. Thanks for listening to the Movie Cinema Film Podcast. You can this email was...
0: us at moviecinemafilmpodcast at gmail.com. We will take any of your comments, questions, concerns, complaints. Uh, just if you're stressed in general, you just want to send us an email about what's going on in your life, we'll definitely read it. And Do Movie we... Cinema Film on Instagram.
1: And we don't have our next film picked, but it's going to be out. Two weeks from the day that we have recorded this, probably. <laughs> so um, just go
0: see a bunch of movies. Don't hold movies. yourself back.
1: Um, see Blind Spotting; it's so good. I just oh. watched it. Um, also, I really want to see Shoplifters and Burning yes, at some point. So we might try to figure that out if that's even available anywhere. Those
0: two, and also Minding the Gap. I really want to see.
1: Oh yeah, and, and I have the writer and the wife. A Star is Born and the wife.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We should we should talk about the wife if we could find it. I don't know where it's playing. Is it playing? It's in not Sids?
0: playing anywhere. Any. I mean, maybe it's playing somewhere in Manhattan, but I, it's I haven't seen it playing anywhere. I mean, it really Slash came out a, a long on time the ago. Yeah,
2: let's just go to Glenn Close's house and just watch it. With her.
0: <laughs> Glenn Close, she we're live sorry. In
1: maybe uh, a
0: Glenn
1: lot of Close, if you're
0: listening. <laughs> a lot of artists do, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, you like might run Rosie into. O'Donnell. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it, and we will see you next time. It least,
3: so fucking much. Bye.
0: Bye.
1: This has been a Rhino Comedy production. Find us on Instagram at rhinos underscore r underscore funny. rhinocomedy.com Rhino Comedy on Facebook. And live comedy every Friday and Saturday night at 96 Lafayette Ave in Suffern, New York.